You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Have you ever felt like you needed more time in your day? If so, keep listening. This was the single biggest stressor for me serving at Church Communications. I never felt like I had enough time. And worse than just feeling it, whenever I would ask people or watch videos, I would say, look, I need more time. I don't know how to solve this problem. The answer always was take control of your schedule. Be better at calendar. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, my problem isn't my inability to schedule. My problem isn't my inability to plan my week. My problem is that all of these things come in and demand my attention right now. And not just my attention, they demand a decision. As I've tracked this back, this problem, back to the root, the root is that I was suffering from decision overload or decision fatigue. I've made up those terms, so I don't know if those are real or not, but that's how I refer to it. I had too many decisions and it showed up at home. I would come home and my wife would say, hey, what do you want to do for dinner? And I would say, I have no ability to even lean into this conversation. I cannot make a decision about this. I'm, I'm empty. I'm, I'm just done. So it was little things where I couldn't make decisions anymore. And it's because I ran out of energy. I ran out of fuel. There were no more decisions left in me. If that's relatable, I want to share a couple ideas with you that I think have the potential to unlock way more margin in your schedule than you could believe when you look at your day-to-day. I'm not going to tell you that you need to go on a three-week vacation. I'm not going to tell you that you need to start telling your senior pastor no. None of those things are viable options. So let's talk about some stuff that could actually happen. Much of this is tied to our promotion schedule, a promotion calendar, promotion plan. All of those phrases are used to describe the same idea. There's several episodes that I've done about this a couple months ago. You can look them up and find them. I'll put a link to the page on my website that really goes in detail about this stuff. But I want to talk about another way that you can be leveraging this promotional plan specifically to be freeing you up based on the types of problems that you're encountering. This is why it's so powerful to have decisions made. And that's really what a promotional plan represents. It's a whole bunch of decisions that have all been made and now no longer have to be reevaluated. Many years ago, a friend of mine was planting a church. One of the things that he told me, I didn't appreciate because I was very early in my career, but today I look back and I think, man, there's great wisdom in this. He said, I love being part of a denomination that has very clear and very overt policies, belief statements, all of these things, because there's no longer a question. When somebody comes to me and they say, well, what do you believe about this? It's so easy and it's so low resistance to say this is our official statement on it. Whether it's a 20-year-old creed or a 400-year-old creed or a 2,000-year-old creed, whatever it is, it's so freeing to not have to engage in every single conversation and come to a decision again and again and again. So this isn't a matter of not caring about people. The irony is that this actually empowers us to have the time to care about people. So I want to walk through why this is helpful. There's three specific areas that I want to talk about. Having a clear plan lets you know what you don't do. I have a communication strategy for Lunchtime Heroes, and part of that is the way that I approach social media. I have a very clear plan. I have a very clear goal. I have objectives. I have measurables. I have all of those things. Because of that, 
I'm able to say no to things instantly. Today, Instagram is not a part of my strategy. I think that that's going to be changing in the relatively near future, but just speaking for the moment, in this moment, Instagram is not a part of it. So I was on social media the other day. I don't remember even what platform I was using, but I got an advertisement for, if you're not doing this on Instagram as part of your strategy, you're probably an idiot. And I'm like, well, guess what? I'm not involved at all with Instagram, so I swiped away. And the beauty of it is that I felt no guilt about it. I didn't feel like, oh man, maybe I need to look into this. And this is really the key. When we're leading communications in our church, we are passionate about helping the church. And the stress that emerges from that is that we're always willing to evaluate a new technology. We're always willing to evaluate a new communication channel. But as we do that, we approach decision fatigue. It's too exhausting. And ultimately, we don't even have the say in a lot of these things. We can't just launch entirely new initiatives. Now, some of us may be able to, but many of us can't. I couldn't. I needed to get permission from leadership to pursue some of these things. There were times where by the time that we got to the point of having a conversation about a social platform, it had already faded into the background and it was no longer as relevant as it was in the very beginning. So by having decisions, you actually eliminate that whole churn. It's a beautiful, peace-filled life. And that's why I want to talk to you about this because I never felt that peace because I wasn't willing to commit to a plan for a duration of time. So all the chaos that I would say that the ministry leaders created with all of their last minute projects, I created just as many because a new communication channel would emerge every two weeks. So now I'm thinking we got to reinvent ourselves. We got to reimagine everything. So I want to push you back to the promotional plan. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to be very clear about the platforms that you're planning on engaging. And I want you to set a time frame for it. So this is what I do for my business. Last year, towards the end of the year, I decided that I wanted to invest in TikTok. I believe in the platform in terms of its numbers. I think it's very compelling on a lot of different fronts. And I had success with a personal account. So I decided I'm gonna go all in. I'm not gonna post a video every once in a while and see if this works. So I posted three videos a day for three months. It was a lot of content. It was really good for me personally because it helped me generate content faster. But after three months, guess what happened? I looked at my analytics and I had, it was something close to 100 people following me. I was blown away that that much effort could return that little. <laughs> and so then it became an overt decision for me to say, I have lived my three-month window. I have given it the best possible shot that I could. And I am now going to recognize, acknowledge, and with no guilt, pull away from TikTok as one of my primary communication channels. So then that means, is there another one that I'm going to recreate? Is there another one I'm going to try out? Or am I just done with this form of media, which is a very real option. But what you'll notice here is that I had three months of time where I had zero decisions when it came to what platform should I be on in social media? None at all. There was no reevaluation. Obviously, I was looking at analytics. But there was nothing major, nothing time-consuming, nothing complex. Then at the three-month mark, I had a ton of information. I had a ton of data. I had a ton of insight from my own practice that said, this is not the place, now what? And so I looked at the landscape again. YouTube was really starting to push shorts. Instagram was really kind of confused. Of all of the options, I did not want to pursue Facebook and I did not want to pursue Instagram because they felt too in flux. 
YouTube felt the most stable in the sense that I knew that they were favoring short videos. That's what I was creating on TikTok. And so I could build a strategy around that and be pretty comfortable in just continuing my content creation practices. And so that's what I did. 30 days went by, 60 days went by, 90 days went by, I hit my three month window and guess what happened? I'm closing in on 700 subscribers. So that's a totally different expression of growth that's happening. Now you can read into those things and you could say church creatives aren't on TikTok, but they are on YouTube, that's fine. What I'm seeing is growth and I'm seeing my message received better and so I'm gonna continue. And so then for another 90 days, I'm gonna do the same thing. So what this does for you when you have clarity around your communication channels plus clarity of a duration of time is it removes a ton of decisions from your conversations. And this is why that's helpful because we're looking for decision reduction. That's what we're trying to do here because that's where you'll find margin. Student Ministries comes to you. Hey, we really wanna have a Twitter account. All right, Twitter's not part of our overt strategy. We're running it for the next 60 days. Let's say you're already a month in. And so we can reevaluate that at the end of our window. But right now, we're not gonna be inventing any new ways of communication. We're not gonna be spinning new things up. So those are your options. You can either go rogue and do it on your own, or you can wait and we'll have a conversation about it in 60 days. In 60 days, there is no guarantee that we would feel like that's the most appropriate use of our time or the most appropriate platform for us to be investing in. But you now have a time when we're gonna be making this reevaluation. All of a sudden now, the conversations are clear. We're not saying, no, you can't do it. What you're saying instead is that we have a clear strategy in terms of what we're going to engage why we're gonna engage it, the duration of time that we will be engaging it for, and we will also build into that, we are evaluating our different communication methods, and we're gonna see what's working and what's not. This is true of an email newsletter. We're gonna send an email newsletter out to everybody on our church email list. Okay, great, but then evaluate it every 90 days. Does it work? Are you getting opens? Are you not getting opens? Is this the kind of thing where it's just you're talking to yourself? You need to have that data. Now what you do with it can change. It can go from our email is currently bad, we need to change that. How do we make it good? Or you can say this just isn't one of the ways that resonates with the people of our congregation. That's okay too. It doesn't matter that some advertisement on YouTube or on Facebook or on Instagram is telling you that email marketing is the only way you'll be successful. They're not right, they just aren't. There's tons of businesses out there that have been successful without doing that methodology. There's tons of churches that have been successful without doing that methodology. Don't fall into the trap that you have to make new decisions every time you hear about something new. Put it on the board, say that when you reevaluate your strategy every three months or whatever period of time you want, that's when you'll begin considering it. What you're doing in this process is you're removing daily decisions when it comes to strategy. Strategy and daily decision-making do not go together. You need to have a strategy that is locked in for a period of time in order to see if it works. The second part of a promotional plan that I think is actually one of the most powerful is it actually helps speak to the way that you divvy up projects. It helps you understand and clearly visualize what are the areas where staff must be involved, what are the areas where staff can be involved? And then what are the opportunities that we have to not even involve staff in these 
pieces or these promotions. One of the things that's really common for church communications leaders is they just have too many projects on their plate. This is true whether you're a team of one or you're a team of many, to be honest with you. Scale doesn't help this problem get solved. What you need to do is you need to figure out where are the release valves in my organization, in my department? Where are the places where I can give work away so that I'm able to be freed up to have margin, to guide, to govern, to make sure that the strategy is being implemented, but then also to be a thought partner with the rest of the organization, the rest of the staff. When you do that well, you will actually be giving work away, in some cases back to the ministry leaders. But again, we go back to the promotional plan and we begin seeing the things at the top, the major initiatives of the organization those probably aren't the things that comms should give away. If anything, those are the only things that comms should be working on. So then you move down to the second tier, and these are like pretty important, but not always mission critical. Well, if you have margin, then it makes sense for comm to be involved on that. Maybe you have a freelance team, or you have somebody on the outside or a very high capacity volunteer, you can bring them in. And then you have the lowest tier. These are the nuts and bolts. This is the stuff that you're sharing with people who are already bought into the ministry. The best solution, in my opinion, is to empower ministry leaders here. Let them create and lead and drive the visual communication within their ministries. Now, here's why I say that, because I understand that's going to ruffle feathers. When you're talking about the role of calm, the most effective role of calm in a church, it's to win the hard battles. If you have somebody that's plugged into your ministry that has relational equity, that cares about you, that cares about the ministry, maybe even that's been significantly impacted by the ministry that's happening in the church, they're not going to care what the postcard looks like. They're not going to care what the, the flyer looks like inviting them to an event. That's just not critical to them because they believe in the ministry. Your logo isn't driving the ministry. It just isn't. And if it is, it's going to collapse when your logo becomes not trendy anymore. So if that's the way you're building, then you're not, you're not building a ministry. You're building a, a brand or a style. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing here. That's not what we're called to be doing as Christ followers and as the church. Theology aside, you want to make sure that you're supporting the ministry leaders in a way that helps them accomplish their mission. But in some cases, if your team is getting bogged down so much that you're now preventing ministry from being able to happen in terms of communicating, that's a different problem. And that's a bigger problem. It's better to communicate a ministry with you know graphics that aren't the best than to not communicate it at all. I had this conversation with my boss when I was just starting uh, in my job. We were working on a magazine and I was really sweating the details of this layout. And he said to me, and it was a brilliant insight, he said, look, if people are never going to see this spread, it doesn't matter how nicely it's designed. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. And so what he was getting at is you can over-engineer solutions all day long. You can never be finished with a design piece all day long. And the more artistic types know this. There's always something I can change. There's always some way I can get better. But if you're not shipping the piece, no one's ever going to see the content and then it has no power in terms of being able to impact anyone. 
And so what you're trying to do here in this tier is you're trying to recognize who is it that's critical to be involved in each of these different tiers of promotion. And then let's free up others to be able to make these decisions and lead execution because it's not critical to the long-term success of the ministry. Now, I'm a big fan of using brand kits, setting up templates in Canva. There's a lot of different ways that it can be expressed, and I'm a fan of that. Support the ministries and give them appropriate guardrails, but empowering them will be the key to freeing you up to be able to create those boundaries in the first place. And then the last thing here that a promotional plan really is critical for is it just reminds you of the why. It's so easy for us because of the volume of work that passes through a communications team to get bitter and to get frustrated and to begin judging the caliber of the events that our organization is putting on. That happens quickly when we don't know the why, when we don't understand the purpose behind the event. So whether it's you or it's a team of people, there's this constant flow of projects that's going to be coming across your desk. If you don't understand why they're important, why they're meaningful, what they're hoping to accomplish, it's not gonna feel like the type of work that you got into ministry for. That doesn't mean that we just should pat ourselves on the back and make up these mythical reasons as to why we're doing what we're doing. We need to remember the mission of the church. And if there is dissonance, then we need to be able to call it out. But too often, it's easy for us to shift into a transactional mindset and just say, give me the next project, give me the next project, what are the details, what are the details? And we lose sight of the fact that we're trying to connect a congregation of people two events that have the potential to be a catalyst in their lives for spiritual growth. The ministry leaders aren't putting events on because they have to put events on. They believe that this is the right next step for somebody in their growth in their relationship with God. They believe that this is the thing that's going to put them in the accountability that they need to grow as a Christ follower. They believe that this class is going to talk through some of the theological key points that the people of the congregation need in order to have something to lean on when they're in the midst of a hard time in their life. We're not just going through the motions here. We're actually building meaningful ministry opportunities for people. And if we forget that, or if we're not reminded of that, then it's going to lead to problems in terms of our attitude and our willingness and ability to lean in. It's also going to create more decision points. Do I need to talk to leadership about this? Should I challenge this event? Is this something that we should be working on? Do I delegate this to somebody or is it even worth doing it at all? All of those are decisions. And this is where the fatigue comes from. I've lived here for seasons. I've lived here where I've looked at the types of projects that I have on my plate and I'm thinking to myself, I don't understand why I'm spending my time doing this. This doesn't feel like ministry. So there's one of two reasons as to why that's the case. Either it's not ministry or I don't understand why. I don't understand the point. There was this season where someone came to me and they said, hey, we wanna build these plaques for parent-child dedications. We really want these to be special to the point where they'll hang them up in their, in their homes. We're thinking custom matting, we're thinking get prints done of each family, not put a Bible verse on it, the whole thing. We want it to be really nice. I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, I'm overwhelmed. I have too many of the things that we need to get done as a team. There's no way we can custom mat your photos for you. It just seemed like a ludicrous idea. I talked to my boss about it. I said, we're not Aaron Brothers. We're not Michaels. We don't do custom mat solutions for people. Why is somebody coming to me asking for this? I wanted to know the why. The problem is that this was one of a dozen things on my desk, and I didn't understand the point. I didn't understand why we were doing it. He was kind and he was gracious, and he said, one of the things that we found is that a lot of times families lose their focus 
on raising their kids in a way that honors God. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to create something that's so nice that they'll put it up in their house somewhere so that when a couple years from now, they're having a hard time, they're going through a difficult season, they've fallen away from church, they look and that thing catches their eye and they say, man, I remember we made this commitment. We have not been to church in a while. We need to get plugged back in because we're not honoring the commitment that we've made to raise our kids in the way that they should go. Okay, when I heard that story, I thought to myself, how do we buy a mat cutter? How do we do custom framing? I was immediately bought in to the mission behind it. And it's not that people need to justify their decisions to the comm team. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about us building a framework through a promotional plan that elevates and makes clear the why behind the things that we're doing. We can help with this as a comm team. And this will help your long-term well-being when you are constantly reminded of the why behind the decisions that you've made in this promotional plan. So those are three things that I have found to be critical about this promotional plan. It's not just a matter of how do we make it easier to have transactional relationships. It actually is a much more rich document than that. It's going to help you understand what you don't do and have a very clear window of time where you're protected from having these re-engineering conversations. It's going to give you clarity on opportunities as to where you can give work away, whether it be to other staff teams, empowering them to low level volunteers or to high level volunteers or stuff that you have to keep holding on to as a comm team. And then finally, it just keeps the mission and the vision in front of you so that you're always reminded as to why you're doing what you're doing. When you use your promotional plan this way to give you these insights, you will discover you will have far fewer decisions that need to get made on a daily basis, which will then bring a lot more margin into your life. It doesn't sound like this may free up as much time as just canceling all of your meetings, but these are the things that actually pull your energy away. These are the things that make it so that you can't check in with ministry leaders because you know you're just going to get more decisions that have to be made. This is going to free you up so much so that you can not only thrive in the short term, but you can last over the long term. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.